0: Soon Christmas came and went and there was no let-up in the training routines. Right chaps, train, train, train get those air miles into you was Colonel Starling's new favourite saying. The Starlings and Garry did not mind though. The weather was warm, the food plentiful the drinking water cool and refreshing and most importantly the days simply flew by. The Colonel and Sergeant Starling took turns to take the cadets out on training runs. On one Thursday, it was Sergeant Starling's turn to take Gary, Seb and the other cadets out to practice their drills. Whoever invented this warm-weather training was a genius, said Gary. Too true, replied the Starling flying on Gary's port. The cadets were well-versed in their formation flying at this stage and just practised to make perfect. After a few easy warm-up routines were executed smoothly by the cadets, Sergeant Starling ordered that Routine X was to be performed next. Gary's heart lifted when he heard the command. Routine X was really difficult. It required great agility and precision. On my mark shouted Sergeant Starling. No. A dazzling manoeuvre ensued as the massed ranks of Starling's and Gary twisted and tumbled in perfect harmony. Those onlookers, fortunate to be present, observed a flickering mass of wings that effortlessly dived, climbed and spun at great speed. The murmuration moved vertically, then horizontally, then split into two and finally joined up again as one. The routine was completed flawlessly. It needed to be. Even the slightest mistimed wing flap, head turn or misplaced leg would have led to mid-air collisions all over the place, much like those caused by Gary when he first joined the cadet school. A great feeling of happiness and delight enveloped the birds and a collective <whistles> was shouted loudly and proudly on the completion of routine X. The sun was about to set behind the hills when Sergeant Starling issued the command to return to the roost. But the Starlings got distracted on their way home by a swarm of flying sweets, also known as midges. And much to the sergeant's annoyance, the youngsters broke formation and went about filling their bellies. Sergeant Starling's annoyance quickly passed. The youngsters were only acting instinctively after all. So he joined them on their flying sweet hunt. To a starling's taste buds, these Spanish midges were absolutely delish. However, to Gary, well, let's put it this way. He hated them with a passion. He'd rather eat pebbles. Yuck, 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 muttered Gary as he continued ahead of the murmuration. He contemplated a quick trip out to the coast to see if there were any shoals of fish in the incoming tide. But he quickly thought the better of it. He decided he was not even that hungry. Gary continued to glide gracefully towards his destination. His eyes scanned the roost as he approached closer. He soon spotted Colonel Starling's command centre. He smiled when he saw that the old colonel was taking a snooze on top of a rock beside his command centre. Gary moved his head slightly as a gust of wind suddenly blew in his direction. Out of the corner of his eye, he spotted something flat on its belly, crawling through the undergrowth. Slowly but surely, it made a beeline for the rock where Colonel Starling was fast asleep. Gary had to adjust his goggles to make out what it was. His blood froze and his squinting eyes widened in horror. A grating grasp escaped his bill and alarm bells went off in his head. It was a large cat, an Iberian lynx, with its funny-looking tuft ears and long whiskers. Colonel Starling, wake up, wake up, roared Gary from on high, but his grating cries carried on the wind. Wake up, there is a cat near you. He screamed, but to no avail. Colonel Starling just stretched out and turned over onto his other side. Gary's mind went into overdrive. What was he going to do? It was a huge cat, and he was afraid of cats. Yikes! What could he do? He could panic and lose the run of himself, but that would have been of no help whatsoever to the colonel. He looked at the skies behind him to see if any of the Starlings were nearby. There was no one else, just him. Of course, he could just ignore what was happening, you know, just pretend that he saw nothing. After all, there was no one else around to contradict him. But that would be downright cowardly and terribly dishonest. And Gary was neither of these. He looked back down at the cat. It was only two metres from the colonel and began to hunch up on his hind feet as if it were about to pounce on the poor, unfortunate Colonel Starling. Yikes! He needed to act, and he needed to act now. Gary switched into automatic mode and did what all good gannets do. He pointed his bill at an angle of 45 degrees, pulled his wings in tightly by his side, tucked his webbed feet into his body, and dived rapidly. Dive to survive! He screamed as he hurtled at breakneck speed towards the rock where the colonel slept. The cat sprung from its hunched position, its razor-sharp claws extended fully, expecting to have an alfresco supper of fresh starling. The cat's claws were just centimetres from the kernel when its body took a heavy blow. Gary had swooped down at great speed, and at the last moment he extended his big, webbed feet, which connected fully with the cat's ribcage. The cat let out an unmerciful screech, that woke Colonel Starling up. The startled Colonel leapt up from his slumber and took flight. As he hovered safely above, he soon observed the standoff between Gary and the hissing, spitting, angry cat. The cat bared its teeth, then raised its front paw and waved it menacingly in front of Gary. Suddenly it unsheathed its claws and swung a vicious right hook at Gary. Gary anticipated the hook and moved his head slightly to his left. Fortunately, the clawed paw flashed harmlessly in front of his bill. Gary stood his ground. He extended his wings fully and waved them in methodical, powerful flaps. But the cat did not back down either. Gary tried to further intimidate the cat with loud, grating calls. He even started to stab his webbed feet one at a time. Still, there was no back down from the hissing, spitting, squinty-eyed, scrunch nosed paw-waving cat. Gary was at his wit's end. What could he do next? Prod the cat with his bill? Bite the cat, perhaps? He did not like any of these options. He was close enough to the cat already, thank you very much, and there was no way he would put his bill further in harm's way. Then it dawned on him. He could simply fly away. While it possibly would not look good that he ran from a fight, it would be the smart thing to do at this stage. After all, he had achieved his aim of alerting the colonel. Just then, Sergeant Starling, followed immediately by Seb, dived down from above and scratched the cat's head with her clawed feet. At this stage, the cat decided it had enough. It disengaged from his standoff with Gary, but not before it took another swipe at him with its left paw this time. Gary easily avoided the left paw. Ah! shouted Gary. ''I really hate cats!'' Colonel Starling landed back down beside Gary and earnestly shook his wing. ''You saved my bacon. Thank you, young sir. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. You showed no fear, young chap. Well done. You didn't take a backward step. You're a credit to your parents and to the Four Cliffs Colony.'' Thank you.